Welcome back to Table Talk for Moms. I'm Steph. And I'm Camille. And today we are going to be talking about social media. But before we get started, we've got a little segment for you. What did you eat for dinner? Camille, I'm going to let you go first. What'd you have for dinner tonight? Okay. Well, it was a family favorite. It's the one meal that every single person in my family will eat, our one pan chicken Alfredo. Where you make it in one skillet. Yeah. I forgot about that one. And we do love that. Oh, my kids like cheer when that's what we have for dinner. So that's what we had tonight. It was delicious. I love that. I need to write that down so I remember. We had, we also had pasta. Ooh. But we had, it's also one pot, our instant pot penne pasta. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like meatless and like pink sauce and... Mm-hmm. I was gonna say it's creamy. It's an, yeah, that's what we had, and oh, it is because all my picky eaters eat that one. So yes. <laughs> you have to have that meal where it's like, okay, I know everyone's gonna get a good dinner tonight. They'll be yep. feeling good. Yep, nobody's gonna complain about this one. Served <laughs> yep. with a nice chunk of garlic bread and some green beans, and everybody's happy. Oh, that's so good. I love pasta. Yep, it's the winner, and it's the thing is, I like that one though because it's like. It's not mac and cheese. Yes. Yeah. It's adult. It's, it's an adult dish. So <laughs> but my kids will still eat it. So it's a win. Win yes. win. There. Oh, I love it. Okay. Let's get started. Today we're yeah. talking about social media and mental health. And I know both Camille and I are very passionate about this subject. So we are. We've had lots of experience. <laughs> and lots lots of conversations about this and it's been kind of a a learn as you go thing, um, especially because we were talking about this before before we started to film, but uh, or record. But we were talking about how we didn't really grow up with social media. Yeah. Facebook was kind of starting out, but like we did not go through the teenage years with a ton of social media, and so our adult lives, like our kids, are. Well, especially your kids that are older yeah. are learning and like navigating those social media right. waters right along with us. Like, yes. It's such a whole new world. Like even because remember when you were like in junior high and you got in a fight with your friends and maybe your friend like in seventh grade found a new best friend and they hung out all weekend. Like chances are you wouldn't hear about it unless they you know, straight up told you. But now because of social media, they post about it all weekend long. And then your little seventh grade heart is just shattered. Like it's this whole new dynamic to, to the world. And it's crazy. Well, and even as an adult, I feel like one of the great things about social media is how it connects people and how we have loved it living away from family, having social media, because it's such an easy way to sh- for my family to share, like, here's what we're up to. Here's an update on the kids. Here's an update on me and my husband. You know, it's a really yeah. easy way to connect, but it's also a very easy way to compare. And sure. yeah. it is so easy for me to look at somebody else and be like, oh my gosh, like they are doing all these cool things and like, we're just stuck at home everybody's sick like (laughs) they are the perfect parents and we have no idea what we're doing yeah 
So it's it's so it's so great. It's it's a double edged sword. It can be so good and so wonderful and used for yeah. so many incredible things. But yes. it can also be there are some murky waters out there and it can oh, be tough 100%. to navigate. And and there have been, you know, it's not that old, but there have been a lot of studies that have come out that have linked directly mental health to social media usage. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And, and it can be scary. It can really affect you in both good ways and and in not so good ways. Um, one of the articles that I was looking at, and we can include it in the description, but it was talking about how prolonged usage of social media can actually lead to higher anxiety, more depression, um, feelings of like missing out or not being good enough. Yes. Um, comparison. Yeah. Of all of these things. And it's like, I feel like so often people are like, oh yeah, for teenagers, for teenagers. And I'm like, this study was done for teenagers, young adults, adults, and <laughs> older adults. Like, yes, it it doesn't matter your age here. It still can very much affect you and your like daily life. Oh, 100%. And I feel like too, because social media really is still so new, we don't have the research and, um, you know, all the studies quite yet. Like we don't know the lasting impact that this is going to have on us and future generations. And, but honestly, there have been so many spikes in anxiety and depression and problems, not only in our youth, but in like people our age and even people like our mom's age. Um, it's, it is crazy. Yes. And the other thing is too, they're studying like different platforms, right? I feel like everybody yeah. has their favorite, their favorite social media platform, right? right? Like whether that's TikTok or Instagram or Facebook, but the studies that they have done so far, it doesn't matter which platform it is. Yeah. Which I feel like some platforms get kind of a bad rep, <laughs> but also like, no, like those, those effects on your mental health can happen no matter what platform you are using or whatever platform you like. Ah, fascinating. Yeah. Um. Okay. This was one study that I did want to share and we talked about it a little bit, but it can affect you so greatly in either good ways or bad ways. But they did a study and they took two separate groups and the first group, they told them, just keep continuing to use your social media as normal. They were all like young adults just out of college. That was like their age. And they were like, just continue to use social media as normal. And then the other group, they told them, you can only spend 10 minutes a day per platform. So most of them used like three to five social media platforms, whether that was like Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, whatever it was. And they told them, you can only spend 10 minutes a day on each platform and then you have to get off. At the end of the study, the group that had only spent 10 minutes a day per platform reported feelings that they were happier, that they were less stressed, they reported less anxiety, they reported less depression. Like, Isn't they, crazy? Other one, they spent less money. See, that's me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it was crazy because it's like 
those people that set limits and had boundaries around social media, like it was a good thing. It was a really good thing. And they felt more connected with family members and friends. And like they used it for shorter amounts of time and it had a really positive effect. But the people who were on it for their normal amount of time, which let's be honest, have you ever taken a look at your social media usage on your phone? Yes. And it's alarming. It is. You know what's fascinating? I think if you aren't tracking it or if you aren't paying attention to it, you will grossly underestimate how much time you really spend on it. Because 10 minutes here, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes here, like it adds up to hours and hours a day without realizing it, without even realizing it. I think you nailed it. If you're not tracking it, it's really easy to not pay attention to how much yeah, time you spent. To not realize how much time you're spending. And like, honestly, isn't that something that we all want more of is time. We're always no. saying, oh, we don't have enough time. Or if I had more time, I could, you know, do this or I could read this book or I could do this project or I could, you know, there's X, Y, Z, so many things. And we tell ourselves we don't have enough time. But then when we look at our phone usage and realize, oh, I spent three hours today scrolling Instagram and watching reels or TikTok, like, talk about a time suck and a time waster. It's so true. And like, it really can be a good thing. And there are days that it has totally saved me, especially with like sick kids. Yeah. Yeah. My usage usage goes up. Absolutely. But every day to be spending exorbitant amounts of time it's just not good for you it's not good for your health mentally probably physically it's not great for your eyeballs like (laughs) right that blue light yes (laughs) yes and that that was something like for me um during the pandemic it was super hard on everybody but um I realized that during that time that that social media was messing with my mental health. I was spending so much time on it because I was just trying to like not feel all of the emotions that I was feeling during the pandemic. And I just, I hit this low point. I knew I had to make some changes. And one of them was that I was just going to take a long break from social media, at least personally. We use it for work every day, obviously. Um, But for my personal life. I was just going to take this long break. And actually like that long break is going on a couple of years now. And I still don't have a desire to go back like, and to post on it personally. I still scroll through every once in a while, but it's been eye opening to see what I've been able to do with my time. Cause I'm not spending as much time on there. And like, I've focused on real life connections with people and relationships. I kind of love that like not everybody knows what's going on in my personal life, except for people that I have real relationships with. I love it's that. Fascinating. I love that. Um, the other thing that I noticed too, when I start to kind of let my social media boundaries slip, a little mm-hmm. bit and this is one thing that they mentioned in a few other studies but I get less sleep okay yes 
because I don't want to put my phone down, but I don't know why. I'm so tired. Yes. Oh, because well, and this is the other thing that you and I talked about. Social media apps are built to keep people on them. Yes. They're literally built and they have millions and millions of dollars backing that up and yeah. teams and teams of people yeah. making it so you want to stay on the app, whether that's for entertainment or for that little serotonin hit when something gets a like right. or whatever it is. Like those yeah. apps are so well done at getting people to stay on them. <laughs> obviously. So yeah, and obviously I, I still struggle with it sometimes, but it's like it's because they are literally built that way. Yep. They're built to keep you on there. And not that that's a bad thing, but recognizing like, hey, this is a company that is trying to make money and they have built this app in this way that's going to make it a very gamified, addictive thing. And if I don't set boundaries for myself, like this is going to affect me. (laughs) (laughs) This is going Um, to impact me. Yes. Yes. One thing too that I really have been thinking about um, my kids aren't phone age yet or social media age yet but I feel like and we talked about this a little bit at the beginning like there's such a huge thing for like oh making sure kids are not spending too much time on social media but it's like where are those kids learning their habits from (laughs) they're coming from their parents and what their parents are doing and so it's our job to work on our habits first and what we are doing with social media yes. so that we can kind of set the tone for our house, right? Yes. And set the tone for what a healthy relationship with your phone and with technology and with social media, like you are setting the tone for what that looks like because they don't know. And we're figuring it out as we go. And so, like, really, that's it, it puts a lot on us as parents, but um, that's what parents do, right? Right. It's Isn't that kind of the whole deal? Like, yeah. it's hard work. And yeah. most of it totally is, is working on yourself. Oh, and yeah. That, that includes phone usage, too. Um, there was one great quote from the article that I was reading earlier today, but it said, parents frequency of electronics use can set the tone for what is permissible to their children if you want your children to put their phones down at dinner that will be more likely to happen if you do the same i love that i think that's so like when you sent that quote over is like nailed it that is exactly what needs to happen and i think too a lot of times parents will tell their kids what to what they expect and what what these kids need to do but then their actions don't match their words and like the parents aren't doing what they expect out of their kids and that's something with my phone and like with my teenagers in my house i will never ask anything of them that i don't do myself and um when my kids get a phone um they have to sign a contract with their dad and i and we sit down and we go over these rules because it's it's a phone that we pay for and they get to use it but there are certain things that they have to do to hold up their end of the bargain but one of the things that um that we do is that they have to turn their phones in at night we don't have any phones in bedrooms 
And um, before they go to bed, all the phones are plugged in and turned and turned in. And that's where they stay for the night. And first of all, it's because we want them to sleep. <laughs> we yeah. don't, we want them to not be using it in the night. We want them to sleep. Rolling till the yes. yes. But then also we don't want them to like wake up in the morning and start scrolling in, on their phone. First thing, like we want them to, you know, have a morning routine and have some, and have some habits and learn healthy boundaries and not wake up and be a prisoner to their phone, like from the get go. But as we have signed these contracts with our kids, we hold ourselves to that same standard. So my husband and I don't sleep with our phones in our room. We keep them in the same place in the family docking station. And um, when we wake up in the morning, that's not the first thing we do. I actually don't look at my phone for probably a good hour after I wake up because I just have these healthy boundaries that I want to set an example for my kids. Um, the other thing that we talk about a lot with our teenagers is the why, the why behind mm. we have, why do we have these boundaries? Why is it important? And we talk all the time about how their brains are still developing and how it's our job as parents to, to help them maneuver this relationship with their phone and their relationship with social media. We talk a lot about depression. We talk a lot about anxiety. We talk a lot about bullying that happens on mm. social media. And a part of the contract actually says, I will never use my phone to hurt others, including but not limited to bullying, making fun, taking pictures of people without asking, sending texts or pictures that hurt others, or posting things that people wouldn't know, like pictures that they wouldn't know we are posting of them. Ooh. And like this is all part of the contract because I want to teach them how to use their phone in the right way and how to use social media as a responsible and like just a, a good citizen <laughs> that uses their phone in the right way. Like we have to model these as parents. And um, I always am showing my kids, like if I post something on social media, if there's somebody in the picture, I will ask them before I post it. Like I, you, cause you have to model what that looks like, what this healthy behavior looks like, or your kids will never learn. Yeah, it's so true. And they're watching you more than you realize. Like, I feel yes. like that's such a common phrase, but it's a phrase because it's true. Your yeah. kids are watching what you do, even your social media and phone habits. They're probably 100%. watching those a lot closer than you think they are. Yeah, definitely. And as somebody who works in social media day in, day out, we have seen the damaging effects that social oh, media can have on a person, can have on relationships, can have on life and depression and anxiety because of social media is so real. And because I have seen it ruin people. It's why I have these healthy boundaries that I do. It's what, well, and maybe they're not healthy to other people, but for me, this is what healthy boundaries have to look like so that I can protect myself from depression, anxiety, so I can protect my relationships and just fiercely protect my family. Absolutely. I, I would venture to say, and this is kind of a random tangent, but we obviously work a lot in social media. Um, that's based a lot of like what our company does. Yeah. 
and we have the privilege of meeting a lot of people who also spend a lot of time like working on social media and yes and the way that it can affect people it can be devastating absolutely it can it can destroy relationships it can alter brain chemistry it can like it can really really do some damage yeah and just like you said like we've we've witnessed it firsthand and so maybe it does feel a little extreme some of the the boundaries that we set but it's it's because of what we've seen and because of what we know exactly exactly and it and it hits home when you see like you know good friends and people that you know whose lives are falling apart and because of some choices they've made or boundaries that they did or did not set yeah yeah Yeah. and so it is it's just it's trying to find that balance like because really a little bit of technology is so good there's so much good out there but then you have to be careful that it doesn't go to the other extreme yeah it's very true it it can be wonderful and amazing if you learn how to use it yeah and and channel that stuff in a good direction yes i read the cutest um article and it was it was a couple years ago it was before covid so it's been about three years but um there was this high school senior that made an anonymous instagram account and every day he would post about one person in their graduating class they had like 300 people and he did this for a year because he had to do like 300 posts every day this new post would go on this anonymous instagram account and he would tag the person and then he would post things that he liked or kind things about them things he noticed about them and like nobody knew who this person was that would post every single day about these about each person in their graduating class anyways he went through the entire class he even did a post about himself to throw people (laughs) off But at the end of the year, he revealed who he was. It just, everyone was so thankful. Like everyone, like when it was your day, when you were the one who was highlighted on his account, like that person was just glowing because, and everyone was leaving comments. Oh yeah, I love that about him. And yes, you're right. Like she has the best eyes. And it was just like the coolest thing in this high school senior class. and. What I loved about that is he made social media a place for good. And that's something that I'm so passionate about. I'm so passionate about showing my kids that social media can be such a beautiful place for good if you make it that way. And I feel like as parents and as moms and as women, like we have to take that role. We have to not only teach our kids, but we have to do that ourselves, make it a place for good. I love the analogy. If you were like holding a flashlight in your hand and when you post on social media, what's your goal? Is your goal to shine the light on yourself and be like, look at me, look at me, because heaven knows we have plenty of influencers who do that. Or is your goal to shine the light on the path in front of you and light the way for others? This cute kid who did this for his graduating class, his goal was to light the path for others, to build them up, to help them see the good in themselves. But 
so many times we become so worried and fixated on making ourselves look good and shining that light on us. But if we can find a way to light the path for others, to help them on their journey and whatever they're struggling with, like we can make social media this beautiful place and we have that power. We just have to do it. I love that. And it I really does come down to like, it is so powerful. It is. It, it can either be powerful in a really devastating way that can hurt people or it can be powerful in a way that can affect change for good. Yeah. Oh, there's that- so many good people taking a stand on social media. And I just am like, yes, I'm cheering you on. Things and such incredible things. But the, the thing is, it really comes down to we are the ones who get to choose. Yep. And I think that's really an important thing to remember is that when it comes to social media, all the algorithms in the world, like you get to choose how much <laughs> time you spend on there. You get to choose who you follow. Yes. You get to teach the app that you're on. You can mute people. You What you watch, you will see more of. Mm-hmm. It literally, your social media apps are learning from you and what you like and what you pay attention to. And what you stay on just a little bit longer, it knows. But at the end of the day, you get to choose and you get to choose how you show up. You get to choose how you participate. You get to choose whether that's going to be a good thing and channeled towards something better or if it's going to hurt you or somebody else. But at the end of the day, it's your choice. Yeah. Yeah. It And and like, honestly, there's a lot of drama on social media. Like you don't have to follow it. There's oh, no. a lot of crazy people on social media. You don't have to follow them. There's people who live extravagant lives. You don't have to follow them. Like this is your, this is your um, permission slip right now to mute anyone who maybe doesn't make you feel great about yourself to unfollow anyone who maybe makes you feel uncomfortable. Like you can do that right now. I think too. And this is something that I do on a regular basis. Every like quarter, I literally go through and take an inventory of who I'm following or actively following on social media. And I do not care if it is your closest, dearest aunt. If every time you get on there, you want to start a riot and go like keyboard warrior on her because her posts just really get under your skin. It's a good sign to mute. There is a reason they created that option. You do not have to unfollow. Yep. But you can literally mute people. That's okay. And I've noticed too, like, especially like postpartum. Oh, yes. Really, really fragile time for me. And with most of my, besides the twins, with my other three kids, like I legitimately would take like two months off completely off of social media because I was too fragile to look at anything. My mental health postpartum is just so poor that I couldn't do it. It was hurting me way more than it was helping me. And so, but I've noticed too, like, depending on where I'm at in my life or what's going on like sometimes I do need to mute people that I normally like love to follow for a little bit 
during yes. certain times of my life and yes. you know, seasons. Yes, I can come back to it later when I'm in a better place mentally. Yeah, I can unmute and yep. I can start seeing their content again. But you get to choose, and it's really important to pay attention um, to how you're feeling when you are yeah. using the app. Um, one of the articles that I shared and was reading earlier, they had a really good suggestion, but they suggested for a week. If you are trying to take an inventory, which I think is very important to take an inventory (laughs) for certain parts of your life, take an inventory of your social media and for a week after you exit the app or whatever app it is, write down on a scale from one to 10 your level of emotion and how you feel. One being calm neutral maybe even like a little uplifted yeah 10 being a really extreme emotion of like fearful angry impulsive um something that's going to make you maybe not be your best self and write it down on a scale of one to ten every time after you close the app for a week and then Maybe make some decisions based on your findings of, hey, maybe I should cut my time down or maybe I do need to unfollow these certain accounts or maybe I need to try a different angle or have a different mindset going in to when I open up these apps. Yeah, but I love that. I just really liked that uh, taking inventory of, okay, what what is this doing to me? And how do I really feel? I think that's so important because so many times we just mindlessly scroll. But if you go in with intention, like, okay, how, how does this make me feel? How do I want to feel? And then just decide what you're going to do from there. There's power in doing it intentionally. Absolutely. And I feel like that can... Even just that simple shift can help so much when it comes to protecting your mental health and and really taking actions towards yeah. towards a healthier relationship. Yeah. With social media. Yep. It's hard work. It, 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 it's extra work. Let's say that. It's not it hard. Is. It's just extra. But it is so worth it. It's so worth it to feel in control. And it's worth it to just know your boundaries and and like intentionally choose what you want it to be and what kind of life you want to have and how you want to feel like there's so much power in that there is and I think too it is a lot of work it absolutely is a paying attention (laughs) tuning into your feelings like that can be really hard because a lot of the time with social media like I use it as a numbing or coping mechanism Like, that's what I use it for. Yeah. I just need a minute. I just yeah. need a minute. I just need a minute. I just need to, I just need to be, just need to scroll mindlessly. I've literally said yeah. that to my husband before. Like, yeah, I just want to lay here and just scroll and just do nothing. And that's okay to do that's that. Okay. But knowing that is why I am doing it <laughs> is important. Yeah. But like you said, it's a lot of work, but you know what else is a lot of work? <laughs> undoing damage that comes from not having good boundaries and from trying to 
calm and anxious mind after not having good boundaries with yeah. social media. And My thought was, you know what a lot of is a lot of work? Therapy. Therapy's a lot of work. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. You're not wrong. Yep. So be proactive instead of reactive. Yep. It's going to take a lot of work either yeah. way. Mm-hmm. I'm all about that proactivity. I love yeah. it. Me too. Let's see. There were some other things that we talked about um for sharing some tips for having social better social media habits. We've kind of sprinkled them throughout kind of things that we do or practices that we have. Um, are there any others that you want to use? We talked about having boundaries. We actually have a whole episode about boundaries that applies to social yes. media as well. And I would highly, highly recommend um, starting there and and um, listening to that one if you're struggling with the idea of, well, how do I make some boundaries around social media and the usage there? But um, something that I just, as we're kind of wrapping up and thinking about, one thing that I would recommend is um, so many times we focus on our lives online so much that we forget about our offline lives and our real lives, real life. Yep. (laughs) Real life. And for me, um, this past year, I've really been focusing on being present in my real life and just like being present in each moment and being present, connecting with my kids and part of that is having to put my phone down. And it's fascinating how much I find myself picking up my phone, looking at my phone. And it's like, hold up. I want to have a conversation with my kid. I need to be all in and focused on them. And even today, I found myself trying to text at the same time I was talking to my husband. And I just thought I have to be present and yep. like connect with him. And what's fascinating is our kids are a lot of them are really struggling with real life connections with people. And so that's another thing that we have to model is how to have good, healthy relationships in real life. Um, So just a challenge that I would offer to everyone is just find ways to be present every day and work on strengthening, strengthening those real life relationships. Because honestly, that's what's most important. At the end of the day, your online social media following isn't going to sit down at Thanksgiving dinner with you. You know, it's going to be those close people in your lives, those family and friends that um, you have strong, real relationships with. I love that. And I think it's so important. And I find it very interesting because that's also something that um, I've been working on too. I felt like for a long time, especially like through most of 2020 and 2021, it was kind of just survive. Like we just yes. had to survive. We were, yes. Survival yeah. mode. Everything that was going on, it was just survive, survive, survive. And now as, you know, things are changing and my kids are like getting, starting to grow up and go yes. to school and all the things like one of my big focuses has been to be present as well. And um, one thing that I do that has helped me so much to reconnect with my real life, not just online, is that I literally 
one day each week. I chose Sundays because that's the day that my husband is home. All my kids are home. I am home. And on Sundays, I do not look at social media at all. Any of them. Which sometimes bothers people. And I get that. Because right. <laughs> people are like sending me stuff. And I'm like, I'll look at it on Monday. Like yeah. I'm literally that, that strict about my own boundary. But it's because I know that on Sundays with no work and no school, it would be very easy for me to get distracted and not be present with my family. Yeah. Where that is the only day I have all week where everybody's home and nobody is out doing sports or (laughs) on work calls or whatever it is. So on Sundays, I have a strict no social media policy. And it is such a good reset for me that it's like on Monday, like it's like a detox almost. I I come back with fresh eyes because I have had time to reconnect with relationships that matter and with people that matter and so it's like oh like online is just a part of life it's not all of it it's not the whole life you know know what I love about that I love because you told us about that a couple years ago that this is what you were going to be doing and like I respect that and even sometimes I'll think about it like oh Steph this this stuff stay off today. She's not on social media. And like I I actually think it's pretty awesome that you have that boundary for yourself. No one's making you do it. It's something you've chosen to do and it's pretty powerful. So I I have mad respect for you. I think it's awesome. It's a way to keep my peace. Yes. And also it literally is just to be more present. Which is incredible and which is something that we all need. Yeah. Also really helps with perspective. And Camille, we talked about this earlier too. Yeah. Like I have to take a lot of time off after I have a baby because yeah. I need that perspective and I need that break. It's like it's okay. And you don't even need to announce it to anyone. You don't even know anything. Oh, you like, don't need to say I'm leaving now. Right. I am taking a break. No, like just yeah. step away. Yeah. And see how it feels. Because like you were saying, Sometimes all it takes is stepping away and really diving into your relationships around you for you to realize and have a perspective shift that there are, there are things going on around you that you don't want to miss. Yep. Oh, I love that. Yep. You're exactly right. Because some, sometimes our head is so down on our phone that we are missing the things that are really most important. And if we were to get down to our core values and what those are. I guarantee social media isn't one of our core values. It's usually relationships, family, God, um, the, and taking care of our mental health, not Instagram. <laughs> yep. So true. It is so true. And it really can be a good thing, but it's good when we use it wisely and when we use yep. it in a way that's constructive instead of destructive destructive (laughs) yeah which is so true it's so true (sighs) okay do you have any other thoughts to add no I think that's that's everything in a nutshell obviously we have some really (laughs) passionate thoughts and feelings about this but like we said it's because 
of the things that we have experienced and um, friends that we have watched that and just seeing the path that their lives have taken it's like i i want to go a different way and that's why we're so passionate about it absolutely we've seen we've seen the damage but like the story you shared earlier and experiences that i know we have both had like we've also seen that you don't have to drop it completely no there's so much good you don't have to ignore it. You don't have to not participate. You don't have to pretend like it's the devil and you can't use it. Like, nope. that's not the point. The The point really is to, to set those boundaries where you can use it in a healthy way. Yep, exactly. And to, we talked about it a lot, but to model. You are the model for your children. Mm-hmm. And it is so much work. It is. <laughs> it's extra work. But So much work. But you get to choose what kind of work you're doing. Is yeah. it work to repair or is it work proactively to, yeah. to, to prevent. develop those habits? Yeah, and to prevent yeah. and to show your kids, hey, this is what a healthy relationship looks like with my phone and with social media. And, and you can be the one to set the tone for your home. And I think that's important to remember. A lot of responsibility. Yes. Yes. But it can be such a good thing. Thank you for turning in to this week's episode of Table Talk for Moms. If you loved it, would you go ahead and make sure to leave us a rating and a review? And we would love if you would subscribe to the show. We'd also love to hear if you have anything you would like us to cover as far as topics go on the Table Talk for Moms podcast. And if you want to join in the conversation, we are on Instagram at Table Talk for Moms. So be sure to join us over there as well. Thank you so much for listening and we will catch you next week. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.